Hi, I'm Tony Denbach, and I'm the lead pastor of Clearview Community Church, one church in multiple locations serving the communities of the Georgian Triangle. Today, I want to talk to you about church and what it was meant to be. Jesus came and lived among us and gave himself for us that we could have life. One of the main reasons he came was to establish his church. He came to establish a community of people who were restored in relationship, first to God and then to the people around them. We read in Acts how that was lived out so powerfully in the lives of the first Christians and how the church grew so dramatically because of it. We also saw how man-made rules and systems have often corrupted what God had intended to be good. Many of you listening today have experienced church when it is far from what it should have been. Some of you stayed away from church for a time because of it. But I hope that what you've received is enough to convince you that church is worth it. As one pastor said, the local church is the hope of the world because it stewards the only message that can impact a person's eternal destiny. So today I want to talk about you. See, it's easy to talk about the church and what the church does corporately because we can always speak in general terms about what it does or what they do. But in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 27, Paul tells us that now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. He moves from the general you are to the specific each one of you. That's what I want to talk about today, the each one of you, the power of one person to make a difference. It was Helen Keller who said that the world is moved not only by the mighty shoves of the heroes, but also by the aggregate of the tiny pushes of each honest worker. Hear what the Apostle Paul told the people in the church at Philippi. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. Philippians 2, 14-16. See, he was writing to them from a prison. His ministry was nearing its end. He had blazed a trail throughout the Roman Empire, lighting fires of faith everywhere he went. Now he was writing to tell them to live their lives in such a way that the light would not be compromised. So what was this light that he talked about and that Jesus spoke of in Matthew chapter 6? Well, in the first chapter of the Gospel of John, he writes about an event that changed the world. The creator of heaven and earth, God the Son, took on flesh and bone and came to earth as a human being. John describes him this way in verses 4 through 5. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. It was this coming that changed everything. Jesus came into a world racked by sin and violence, selfishness, anger, and hate, and lived a perfect life. He showed that regardless of your situation, love changes things. In his ultimate demonstration of that, he laid down his life on a cross so that each of us could be brought back into relationship with God. After his resurrection and ascension, he sent his spirit to live in us so that our lives also could be transformed. That light that is talked about in John lives in every true Christ follower. Colossians 1.27 says, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the secret of the Christian life is very simple. It's Christ in us. 
He comes and takes up residence in us by His Spirit. If there is a light that shines in us at all, He is the light that shines. Mother Teresa stated it like this, The wire is you and me. The current is God. We have the power to let the current pass through us, use us, and produce the light of the world, Jesus. It's actually very difficult to describe light. I looked for some help with this from online sources, but they only confused me. So perhaps the best way to describe it is by contrast. So we first of all would contrast light with darkness. See, darkness hides things. More crimes are committed at night because it's easier to conceal movements. In fact, we find it remarkable when someone commits a crime in broad daylight for just that reason. People like to hide in dark places. It's hard to hide without darkness. See, sometimes people speak of being kept in the dark about something, meaning that there were secrets that were unrevealed. People involved in the occult talk about dark powers, or the secrets of which are only revealed to the initiated. In fact, Satan is called the prince of darkness. Now, Isaiah creates a vivid word picture pointing to the coming of Christ in Isaiah 60 and verse 2. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and His glory appears over you. Have you ever been in a situation when you were frightened and all you could do was wait for the dawn to come? As the sun rises and the shadows begin to fade, everything changes and there is no more reason to be afraid. That's the picture that we have of Christ. In a world of difficulty and pain, Christ has come to lift the load and to heal the hurting. In a world of loneliness and anxiety, Christ has come to be an ever-present friend and the calmer of our hearts. He has come to restore us to relationship with our Heavenly Father. In the darkness of our hopelessness, Jesus comes to shine the light of hope and a new beginning. There has always been a battle between light and darkness. We see it most clearly in the life of Christ. When he was born as the light of the world, King Herod tried to kill him as a threat to his throne. Joseph and Mary had to flee to Egypt to keep him alive. When he began his ministry, the clash between the two kingdoms began in earnest. Jesus went everywhere preaching the good news of the kingdom. Now, when he encountered people who were possessed by demons, enslaved to forces beyond their control, Jesus set them free. As it says in Luke 4, he preached good news to the poor. He proclaimed freedom for those who were in chains. He gave sight to the blind. He released the oppressed and declared that it was time for a change. It was time for a change in the way that people treated each other. It was time for a change in the way people looked at the world. It was time for a change in the way people lived their lives. It was time for a change of heart. He didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. All of this was a threat to the kingdom of darkness. So they manipulated and they plotted and they eventually had Jesus arrested, falsely charged, and ultimately convicted. Then he was hung on a cross between two thieves to die like a common criminal. And the light went out. And the people mourned. And the disciples hid. Hope died. But three days later, something happened. The sun, S-U-N, and the sun, S-O-N, rose again. 
The tomb was empty, and the light shone and pierced the darkness. The grave could not hold him. Light was cascading everywhere. It spread quickly. As John said, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children of the light. So what does that mean for us here today? What does it mean for those of us who claim to know this Jesus, this light of the world? If we know him, his light shines in us. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and verse 16, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Let me paint you a picture of why we as a church are here. Now, you don't know the people that I'm talking about, but she's in her 40s now. She was raised in an alcoholic home and was abused as a child. She started acting out as a teenager and was put in foster care. She felt rejected by her family and looked for comfort in drugs and alcohol. She became addicted to various drugs at different times in her life. She hasn't been able to keep a job because she can't stay clean long enough. But her mother came to know Jesus. And now she's trying to walk toward the light. Well, she's the reason we're here. And he's a good old boy in his 30s. He drives a pickup truck. He's been drinking since he was a teenager, and he never admitted it was a problem until his wife left him. Now he doesn't care that it's a problem. He doesn't have access to his kids anymore. And lately he thinks about how much better off he'd be if he just didn't wake up someday. He needs the light of Christ. He's the reason that we're here. And he's 72, and he's been in a nursing home since his wife died. He's so lonely, he doesn't know what to do with himself. He went to church as a child, but had a really bad experience with those religious people and decided that he didn't believe in God anymore. But his wife was a Christian, and he has a hard time denying that her faith was real. He wants to believe, but doesn't know how to shake his doubts. He needs the light. He's the reason we're here. Well, she's 11 years old and in grade 6. She's never been to church a day in her life. Her parents don't go either. And the subject of God never comes up. Church is some strange and foreign concept to her. She's seen media depictions and she thinks that all Christians are just weird. And she wants nothing to do with them. Yet she has this nagging feeling that there's something missing and she doesn't know what it is. She needs the light. She's 21 and she's in her second year of university taking psychology courses. She's learned that her teachers believe that the church is largely responsible for much that is wrong with the world. Her parents split up a few years ago, which she says is a good thing because she was afraid somebody was going to get hurt. Well, they both dropped out of church when she was little, but her mom now has started going back, and she thinks her mom's losing it. But she met a girl in university who's become her best friend. She's amazing, smart, funny, and one of the most caring people she's ever met. And she's a Christian. She doesn't know what to do with her because she already made up her mind about God a long time ago. Well, now she's not so sure. Whatever her friend has got, she wants some of it. She needs the light. She's the reason we're here. See, I've watched scores of people over the years change from skeptics to seekers to believers to disciples. And I have to say there's no greater privilege than that. God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, now it's up to us. What do we do with that? 
Jesus told us not to hide it. Hold it up. Make a difference. Felix Adler said this, The hero is the one who kindles a great light in the world, who sets up blazing torches in the dark streets of life for men to see by. The saint is the man who walks through the dark paths of the world, himself a light. Jesus said, You are the light of the world. Go light your world. So, Clearview Community Church, this one church in multiple locations, has a vision to see people like those I've just described become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, carrying that light. Through this redeemed group of people, we want to see our entire region transformed by the influence of the gospel, the good news. Now, in 2023, we saw more than 100 people come to accept Jesus Christ as their, as their, as their Lord and Savior across all of our campuses. I can't tell you how thankful I am for that. See, we had more than 65 people go through the waters of baptism to declare publicly that they had decided to follow Jesus and they weren't ashamed to say so. Well, truth be told, we're still trying to figure out all of this, how to do this multi-site thing that God has led us to properly. Lord knows I've made more than my share of mistakes trying to lead this thing. We're making mistakes and trying to learn the lessons along the way. And some of those lessons are incredibly painful. So please forgive us when we get it wrong and help us to get it right. This is something that God is building. It is His church. It's not yours and it's not mine. So we're doing our best to hear God's voice and follow where He is leading. That's what we're doing corporately. Now, let's get back to you. See, our success or failure as a church will largely depend on whether we want to be just hearers or doers. Too often, the majority of the work in church is done by too few people, and some of those people are getting tired. So whether it's missions or children's ministries or youth ministries or singing in the nursing home or teaching, internet technologies or audiovisual or music or prayer or counseling or mentoring or hosting a small group or repairs and maintenance or financial support or any number of things. If you're not involved already, what are you waiting for? See, I'm excited about what God is doing among us. I'm excited about the incredible young leaders I see that are being raised up across our sites. I'm excited for the lives that are being changed and the families that are being restored. What I love to see are people who have the shining eyes of possibility, who haven't been jaded by this world and still believe that incredible things are possible in spite of how crazy the world is right now. So wherever you are in, the spirit, in your spiritual journey, let me encourage you to take the next step. If you're watching online or on Rogers, visit one of our sites or one of the other great Bible-believing churches near you. If you've been staying on the fringes, maybe it's time for you to sign up to help in one of our ministries and make a difference. Perhaps you are one of those who has been in the church for a while and you've been intrigued by what Jesus teaches and impacted by what He did for you, but you've never crossed that line of commitment and allowed Him to call the shots, to be your leader. Well, let me tell you that everything changes the day you step over that line and allow Him to be the Lord of your life. The one who made you knows you better than you know yourself. He knows how you're wired. He knows what makes you tick and how you are fulfilled and how you can be fulfilled. 
your best life begins with surrender to Him. And if that's you today, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. And then let one of the pastors know that you prayed that prayer. We'd love to speak with you in person or by email and help you take that next step. So would you pray with me today? Dear God, thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing. Thank you that Jesus gave his life so that I could have hope and a future. Today, I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of a savior. Forgive me and give me a brand new start. Thank you for your grace. Lead me from this day forward. You're in charge. In Jesus' name, amen. So may the strength of God sustain us. May the power of God preserve us. May the hands of God protect us. May the way of God direct us. May the love of God go with us this day and forever. Thank you so much for being with us today. God bless.